0: Welcome to this reading of a Pathwork Lecture by Eva Parakas. It is read by Gary Volbrock. Pathwork Lecture number 8, 1996 edition, July 1st, 1957. Mediumship. How to contact God's spirit world. Greetings in the name of God. I bring you divine blessings. My dear friends, last time I spoke to you about entering the first gate that leads to the path of perfection. I addressed the problem of making the decision and committing yourself to it without reservations. I explained how to overcome the difficulties. Since then, I have observed you, my friends, and I can tell you that for God's spirits it is a great joy to witness whenever the first step has been taken and the decision made. Today I would like to tell you a few words about what happens after. First, however, I would like to add that we also see when our friends who hear and read these words avoid the decision and believe it has nothing to do with them. They do not even attempt to make a commitment. This reaction imprints itself upon the soul and thus has its consequences for the individual's fate. Then, there are also some friends who believe that they have already been on this path for a long time, just because, now and again, they say a prayer, or because they take pains to become decent human beings. Yet this was not my meaning. The decision I was referring to means more. Therefore, I say to these friends specifically, and not only to the ones present, consider where you stand. Take into account the possibility that you might not be exactly in the place where you wish you were. Those who have made the decision and given themselves into the hands of God immediately sense what is happening within. The first reaction is a great relief and an inward joy that, for a while, completely takes possession of one. This wonderful feeling, though, does not stay with you forever. Hearing this, you could easily conclude, at least in your feelings, that if the heaviness and unpleasantness is likely to return, there is no point in making the decision in the first place. But I say to you that this is not so. After having crossed the first threshold, you are only at the beginning of the path. I have told you before that the spiritual work only begins after this crossing, and that being on this path consists in not giving up, but continuing to press on steadily. That has to be the price. Today, I will not speak much about what to do when you enter the path of perfection, happiness, and liberation because I have done so in the past. I will, rather, speak about something I have not yet said much of, the good and beautiful things you can expect on this path. You already know about the difficulties, about carrying out the resolutions and sticking with them, even though, at times, that appears hard to do about not losing your resolve, but to recommit both time and willpower again and again. If you do this, the beautiful reward becomes more and more tangible. This will happen very slowly, not as a sudden experience. When the spiritual world recognizes that a human being is serious about the decision and does not stay with the good intent alone, but translates it into action in spite of unavoidable relapses and occasional failures, it will then give increased spiritual protection. This, too, is spiritual law. Whoever goes on this arduous path needs a different kind of spiritual help than the person who does not. The person on the path will either be given an additional, higher, and more powerful spirit guide, or there will be an exchange of guardians. The former spirit having fulfilled its obligation by bringing the human being over the threshold, is now ready for another task. Such an exchange may actually have taken place before passing through this particular gate. When an increased spiritual protection is given, the person will be absolutely sure of its presence. A strengthening of protection can be given several times during a lifetime, whenever important tests have to be passed, or spiritual choices made, either before or after crossing the threshold. There are several crossroads in an individual's life. Yet, Even if you have clearly had such an experience of strengthened spiritual protection, do not take it as proof that you have definitely crossed the threshold of the entrance to the path of perfection. You must understand exactly what this path actually is. It is an intensive, continuous work on one's own development it is getting to know the self. It is, first and foremost, the acceptance of one's imperfections. Then follows the inward integration of spiritual laws, which, with time, will affect and alter the imperfect emotional currents in the soul. Who does not work in this way every day with outer help and advice without which the work cannot progress at first, does not walk this path. I must stress this again and again for certain friends. Furthermore, the human beings who enjoy the strength and protection will, when striving to establish the contact with God's spirit world, which is, after all, what it's all about, receive meaningful knowledge, or intuitive insights from the spiritual realm. Such guidance will no longer come in unconnected glimpses occurring here and there along the way, even before this particular threshold has been crossed, but will become a comprehensible part of a greater whole, as the interconnectedness of its system and order is increasingly understood. These people will grasp ever more clearly how their spiritual path should proceed, how they should work on themselves, what to tackle first, they will perceive what the real alternatives are in their lives. They will come to see God's will in general, as well as the meaning and the purpose of the tests for them personally. This discovery is very important because it marks a great turning point in human life. Before this point, the tests The small and great misfortunes of life were incomprehensible, and that made life very difficult. After passing a turning point, it is as if a veil had lifted, and the person is able to overcome difficulties more easily. Moreover, the individuals will receive help with their strictly mundane problems and difficulties, something which before was not possible. I can tell you, my dear friends, that the happiness, the joy, the inner liberation for each victory gained in this struggle cannot be compared with anything else human beings can ever experience. Since the goal of my teachings is to make the contact with God's spirit world possible for each individual, I will now become very specific about how to go about establishing it. If you will indeed continue this work, the result will be a connection in many different ways. One will see, another will hear, a third will feel, and so on in many different forms. The modalities in which the contact with God's spirit world can become a reality are manifold. Some people, as you know, receive this special force before entering this path. This is what you call mediumship. When a human being is blessed with this capacity, and I hesitate to use the word blessed, it can be a great test. When the spiritual force is given to a person who does not know what its purpose is, for that person, this gift will be a burden and a trial. The spiritual world intends this spiritual force to be a signpost, so that the individual should find the reality of God and his spirit world more easily. This, of course, means finding the path of perfection. Unfortunately, this is often not understood, the more these forces work and manifest, the more unhappy will the medium be. The more stubbornly such a person insists on his or her old way of thinking, the lower the spirits will be who make use of him. This is, of course, a lawful consequence of the medium's attitude. It is also possible that the person does know about these things and does cultivate his or her mediumship in certain respects. I should say, merely outer aspects, but does not personally walk the path of perfection. Again, as in the first case, this kind of connection to the spirit world is a danger for the medium as well as for the people who surround him or her. When, however, the force manifests after the person has entered the path of perfection, of development, of self-knowledge, of self-discipline, of humility, when he or she crosses the first threshold and uses the contact only for this one purpose, in that case, mediumship will evolve in the most wonderful fashion. Then, there will be none of the very specific, difficult trials, the details of which I will not describe now, that come when a medium believes she can help others without entering this path herself. I do want to make the point, though, that spirit contact must only serve one purpose, spiritual development. When this truth is recognized, help will come, and only then can the medium help others, and can others be helped by her. I will talk more about this later. When people are so far evolved that they receive answers to their questions relating to their own development, then their faith will be immeasurably strengthened. The faith that used to be shaky will now be solid. Now, if you ask me, how can I start, what should be my next step on this path, I would answer that everyone has to begin differently. A spiritual problem that needs to be cleared away first may otherwise obstruct the next stretch on the path. It may be a rigid prejudice that would make it impossible to be open to someone else's words. One must identify the problem and ask to be open about it. However, no answer will be forthcoming unless you open yourself so that you can say, I am ready to accept the answer if it is God's truth, even when up to now I believed its opposite. Open-mindedness has to be always present on this path. A person has to devote much work, willpower, and time to reach this state of mind. If you have not invested all that, then you need to ask yourself, What are my imperfections? Where are my faults? What is my greatest fault? which might be the greatest obstacle to my spiritual ascent? What are the faults which I have already recognized, but about whose consequences and extent I have not given myself a clear account? And what are the faults with which my fellow humans have confronted me? Think about them. You will find yourself saying, this is unjust, it is not true that I have these faults. And you might even be right. Yet, there must be a grain of truth in such opinions, perhaps differing from how they were expressed to you, or how you understood them. Consider them with honesty and with absolute goodwill to get to the truth the greater your resistance, the likelier it is, my dear ones, that you can find the grain of truth in what you have been reproached with and, until now, not acknowledged. Make a list of these faults so as to keep them in your awareness and thus prevent them from disappearing again. This will help you very much. Then, take the list to your personal spiritual friends, whether in the body or not. And, by opening yourself, you will receive an answer, a deeper understanding, and will perceive connections. Whoever is ready to hear even what is unpleasant, saying, Father, your will be done, I want the truth about myself, and will not recoil from it in cowardice, vanity, and oversensitivity, will indeed receive the truth. Your happiness will be greater when the truth coming through is one that you resisted, because it will be a greater confirmation of the reality of the experience than hearing an answer which you had actually hoped for. In the latter case, you could tell yourself that the answer was only wishful thinking. When, however, something that has been resisted comes through, then, my dear ones, you will actually feel the presence of your spirit friends, and that confirms the presence of that other world, the existence of which is so often doubted, the world which you cannot see and touch. Such an answer will steady your weak faith. Consider it as the first answer from God, given only when a human being is willing to take the first step, that of overcoming his or her resistance to change. The reward is great, because the security which comes from getting personal answers and knowing the reality of the spirit world through one's own direct experience cannot be obtained from any amount of words, whether heard or read. But the outer words are also necessary. They give you the impetus to do what is needed. This should be the beginning of your path. After that, you will notice little things every day, and then can ask your spirit friends. Help me to recognize the meaning and purpose of this particular experience and see how it might further my development. Again, you will receive answers. I wish to warn you, though, that the preparation for and eventually the hearing of something that is uncomfortable must take place again and again not mechanically, but with an ever-renewed readiness. In no way does it suffice to do this only once. If the door is closed, truth cannot get through, and the door is closed when one is not completely ready to accept that which is uncomfortable and unflattering but true. If you recognize and follow this, then you will again and again receive answers through recognitions or sudden inner knowledge. An answer may come to you, perhaps a few days later, through the words of a fellow human being who is inspired. This is one of the ways God's world helps you. Therefore, you need to keep your eyes and ears open for a message. This is a test, an opportunity to learn humility by being open to such help, and by listening to another person who has something to tell you. This is, then, the second step for you to undertake. When you pass this test, a new wonderful experience of deep recognition will follow that, again, confirms the reality of the spirit world. Such an experience has the same validity as when the answer comes directly from within. You will feel ever more clearly in what a wonderfully organized way you are guided on your path. I would like to add that whoever continues on this path and reaches a certain solidity in the work will one day come to the point of feeling the need to give God something back in gratitude. At first, it may seem as if a sacrifice were being asked of you. A sacrifice of time, of course, but in addition, a commitment which feels burdensome. It feels like a sacrifice to let go of something, to overcome something with a great effort. You see this in the beginning only as a hardship. You focus on the price you must pay, on what you have to give. The happiness that will come from such victory over oneself seems in the beginning only a promise whose meaning is not understood. Yet, whoever is ready to begin to pay the price will soon recognize that one gets a hundred times more than one gives. I know that these are only words for those who are not that far in their development. Remember my words, though, because you will find them proven. Then, you will be ready to offer your service to God's great plan, to become His co-worker. All you will need is readiness. The how must be left to God. You will be guided to find the best way you can help. Again, it will be evident to all of you who make this choice that the willingness to help and serve is not a sacrifice, but becomes the greatest joy imaginable. I can see for two of my friends here very definite tasks in this connection. I see for you, my friend, a man who has been an investigator for psychic research cooperating with scientific circles, and has had much experience with mediums, that you will have the opportunity on this path to train mediums. You will teach them to establish contact with God's spirit world, and to learn the requirements, conditions, and laws that regulate such contact. More and more people with mediumistic talents will be led to you. You will be able to help many to raise their practice to a higher level and thus help in the plan of salvation. A wonderful task awaits you, but before it can be undertaken, you need to fulfill some other conditions. I want to add that the good already created by some mediums in convincing certain circles of the reality of the spirit world will by no means be diminished by the contact with God's world rather than by contact with spirits not yet enlisted in the plan of salvation. Exactly the kind of proof which skeptical people want to see can be also furnished by God's world, although in a different way, with other conditions, even though the inquirer has to learn that he or she cannot specify exactly how something should be proven. When a person is prepared, however, to wait patiently, and one can explain this to the people who want proof, then the proofs coming from God's enlisted spirits are incomparably more effective and enduring than those furnished by the still blind spirits, which might produce strong momentary impressions, but whose power quickly dissipates. People generally believe that skeptics cannot be convinced, unless spirits who are like humans are at work and influence humans in their way. This, however, does not have to be so. Science could obtain more knowledge of this kind if the observers did not force their own conditions upon the spirits, but would accept the conditions for communication set by the spirit world. This is by no means so difficult. All that is needed is to enlighten people about the different conditions required by the spiritual laws. In addition, I see yet another task for you, my friend. You will slowly begin to see people's auras. Initially, the aura will manifest occasionally. At first, hazily and only partially. When you continue to cultivate the perception, your talent will develop further. You will not only see the colors of the aura, but will distinguish patterns. The human aura displays varying patterns, some of which can be recognized by human beings. For instance, illnesses, soul attitudes, and unspoken thoughts. All this, of course, has to be learnt, and you will receive help to develop this ability. You might ask what the purpose of such a talent may be. Remember that nothing is given without a purpose. Sometime later in the future, you will be given healing powers. When you perceive the aura of a person, you will perhaps see patterns of an illness within the aura, and thus know what the illness is. You will receive the corresponding power to heal it. This wonderfully fulfilling task is still awaiting you. God directs it in such a marvelous way that it will be the greatest joy for you without interfering with your regular duties. Have trust and let yourself be guided. In fact, offer it up to God. I ask all of you to adopt the same attitude toward all aspects of the work. Ask, When should I let myself be guided? When must I act by myself? These questions can also be asked about your personal connection with the spirit world. I have received these two messages to deliver to you. Other messages will follow, coming either through me or through a personal contact. Now those of you for whom it was not the time to receive similar messages should not think, why not me? For everything has its good reasons. Trust, even if you cannot always understand the reason. This is how all of you should try to establish contact with the spirit world. It is available for every single human being everyone. Do you think that God makes contact possible only for specific people? No, this is not so. All conscious and unconscious strivings of humankind aim at penetrating the heaviness of matter. What, after all, is the meaning of your technological progress? Think about it is it not to conquer matter? Each technological achievement is nothing but an overcoming of matter which is now an obstacle to you. Technology, however, achieves this with outer forces, while the person on the path of perfection utilizes inner forces. That is the entire difference. The latter method is incomparably more effective. And now I will try to answer your questions to the best of my ability. Question. I would like to know why in our times it is so difficult to establish connection with the spirit world. Answer. In general, the connection to the spirit world is not made difficult. It is humans who hinder it through their overall orientation. Most people do not believe in these things and are not open to them. The mediumistic powers are dormant in many people and, instead of being put to use, they lie barren but perhaps what you really mean is not a general connection to the beyond, but especially to God's spirit world. This kind of connection was always difficult to establish because, obviously, it is the most precious gift that a human being can ever obtain. It cannot be handed over to humans easily and simply, without any effort on their part. God's spirit world must test a medium again and again, to see whether he or she is worthy and capable. The medium must not only be morally unobjectionable, but his or her attitude must be the best befitting a free and unconstrained soul. Many good people fulfill the first requirement, and have the wish and will to help others, even to the extent of entering the path of perfection. But many do not persist on this path, and get caught in a fault they fail to recognize, and therefore fail to conquer. For a medium, the great temptation after having reached a certain level of success is to succumb to pride instead of mastering it. Complete humility is a requirement. Consider how difficult it must be for a medium not to identify with the manifesting spirit, and thus not to elevate her or himself Above others. Relatively many are successful up to a certain point and then get stuck. As I have already explained in this lecture, no one can help others unless most actively pursuing this path of perfection and being solidly rooted in it. You should therefore test all mediums from this point of view. Most of them will tell you that they pray and strive to be decent people. However, they do not develop themselves steadily in the sense necessary to heal the sick soul currents present more or less in all people. For each unrecognized unconscious emotion, each unrecognized fault that a person does not work on, each prejudice is an impenetrable obstacle for God's spirits. It is not that they are forbidden from manifesting because the medium has not deserved it, it is that they are incapable of doing it. What people do not recognize in themselves, what deviates from spiritual law, cannot be penetrated by us spirits. Each rigid opinion is such a block. We cannot push the truth through when the person is not open to the possibility that the truth may be the very opposite of his or her tight conviction. I am not referring to the basic requirement that a medium must commit his or her talent only to God's will and not claim any personal advantages, either material or spiritual. Even a person who fulfills the requirements as well as possible may yet deviate slightly from spiritual law and will, therefore, present an obstacle to us. Thus, you find hardly ever a complete and perfect instrument. It is difficult to make you understand this because the realm of spirit, its movements, emotions, and thoughts are for you like air, but for us they are solid forms, walls built of granite. When, however, a medium fulfills most of the requirements, when he or she develops steadily and does not think of having reached the goal once and for all, because that does not exist, then those little obstacles do not matter. Then one can go around them, if I may say so. Also, an obstacle can serve as a valuable test which will only benefit the person, for every test is beneficial when successfully passed. After reaching a certain level, small obstacles will not stop either the medium or the audience from reaching the truth, in spite of the still-existing imperfections in the medium. To help reach personal perfection through overcoming the obstacles is, after all, the only objective of God's spirit world, the only reason for the connection. Question. Various religious philosophies differentiate strongly between dualism and monism. Is dualism a particular level leading to monism? And is monism the higher truth? Answer. One can look at dualism as a level. To explain this is an endlessly difficult undertaking, and for human beings to grasp it is difficult. But the present difficulty is that, in this respect, I cannot manifest through the medium. This is an example of the limitations of mediumship. She is open enough so that I can get these words through her. I cannot say this through many mediums, but in her case the openness is there, at least to this extent. Her development, however, has not progressed far enough for me to get the full explanation across. Perhaps in a few months, or a few years, perhaps even in less time, this will be possible. I do not know now. I will answer the question whenever her development is far enough advanced to eliminate the block. Question Does this mean that one is quite dependent on the state of the medium? Answer. No. When people have reached the stage of development that a connection with God's spirit world can be established, the spirit world will make sure that the people who use this contact will always be given what food they need, in spite of their imperfections the communication will always promote their development and bring them closer to God and the state of bliss. As I have already mentioned, it is possible for us spirits to bypass the blocks that are in the way. Therefore, everybody can receive what they need to attain the highest level they are capable of. That is really all you need since the goal of the contact cannot be anything else. You are able to distinguish between the spirits who belong to the divine order and can help and teach, and other types who cannot. Everything else is mere detail and unimportant. A spirit of God will always insist that every person should establish an independent connection to God's world as soon as such a connection becomes possible. The Spirit will help and give directions. Of course, at the very beginning of a medium's work, when there is still a need for tests, some untruths will enter occasionally. Because of the still existing blocks. But this is not important, my dear friends. Everyone who is wholly determined to develop will always look inside and meditate sincerely whether a personal message is exactly right or not, and whether he or she can learn something from it. The most important factor is to be fully aware of the basic conditions. Laid down in all religious philosophies to follow the will of God, to purify oneself by overcoming one's faults, and to cultivate self knowledge. As to the greatest existential questions of creation, you will have the right attitude if you understand that to know the answers fully is not so important. Wait with humility until the knowledge becomes accessible, until you have progressed enough to deserve it. Simply follow the Bible, test everything, and keep the good. Quietly accept what serves God's will. Accept the message with a humble and patiently detached attitude without wanting to know everything at once. The right attitude also includes not being dependent on the medium, and never on the spirits. When this is the case, you cannot be damaged, even when a medium is still in a state of training and transition. Do not put all your eggs into one basket, What matters is clear thinking and humility. After all, is it not a lack of humility to assume that you human beings have already deserved to be given the answers to the greatest questions? To assume that you can have direct contact with God's world without first having proven yourselves? what I say applies not only to mediums, but to all of you. My warning that one should not accept the medium's messages unquestioningly can be easily misused by those who don't want to look at a sensitive area hidden from consciousness within themselves. To accept or dismiss Disquieting words can also be a test. When you are not able to find an inner echo to a message which causes you discomfort, be very careful before rejecting it. Ask God again and again for the inner truth. You may then recognize the very words you have tried to dismiss to be indeed the truth such an insight will produce great inner joy. Whenever you have a personal question, you need to approach it with this attitude. With a general question, however, it is wise to adopt a patiently detached and humble attitude, because all knowledge in this area is a gift of grace, which has to be earned by everyone. When the medium and the participants successfully pass the tests, and everyone can who is willing, then in time more and more will be given. As far as the large general questions are concerned, the complete answer is often way beyond the capacity of human understanding. You have altogether too many false opinions, not only you who are here, but humanity in general, even about things you can easily explore in your own world without the help of a spirit. Whether you know less or more about the great questions relating to creation, whether you have more or fewer false ideas, is not the issue since you have already so many misconceptions in purely earthly matters. The issue is, rather, to develop spiritually, and to accept spirit advice when you know without doubt that it is right. If you are disposed to do this, you will inevitably receive more and more confirmation that you are on the right road. This will strengthen your trust and your connectedness to God's world, be it personal or through a medium. I want to make it quite clear to you that this particular contact is well-grounded which becomes evident from the fact that this message is coming through. Obviously, the medium is sufficiently open and free of vanity. When you test several mediums, and they should be tested in this particular respect, you will be convinced that very rarely does one come across a medium who is free to such a degree. Precisely, this evaluation should serve as proof of the reality of this connection and of her good progress in the right direction. Returning to the question about monism and dualism that our friend has asked, the only thing I can say is this. Both monism and dualism exist. God is person, and is also the one. I cannot bring through more now. Question. What I want to ask is difficult and perhaps stupid. Answer. Try it. Question. I struggle with this problem again and again. If God has a plan of salvation for us, And if we have fallen away from God because we entered the wrong path, not the divine, why did God make his plan of salvation so complicated and so terribly difficult for us? I know that it is necessary for our development, but it still seems too hard. Answer. It only seems so to you. The difficulties that come up are there because the individual beings could not have brought it about differently. My dear friend, before the earth plane was created in its present form, other ways were tried, but they were not successful, and therefore God created the present conditions. Unfortunately, the development can happen only through the path of suffering. Unfortunately, indeed, there was an attempt to arrange it differently. For you, personally, I want to add the following. Try to apply the words which I gave at the beginning of today's lecture. When you create a contact with God's world in the way suggested, you will be strengthened. You will understand what these words mean the grace of faith. That can be given to you when you fulfill the conditions. Study the words and you will get an answer. What goes on with you is the same that goes on with so many others. People say, God must show me His justice. Then I will be ready to recognize Him. My dear ones, One day, when you have achieved the knowledge, you will come to understand how foolish such an attitude is, how mistaken both in thought and feeling. It is much better to start with the preconception that human beings are imperfect, and not God and his creation. You believe otherwise, Even when you do not think it through clearly, your emotions contain this attitude. I do not reproach you for it. So many people simply think that way. The same spite that originally led to the fall is still present. It is an error in healthy, logical thinking. A revision of thinking is necessary. Look into the manifestations of creation that you can see, and to a certain extent, even understand. Observe how wonderfully everything is fitted together, every smallest detail that is visible to you. Then consider how you demand that God should prove to you His greatest love and justice before you can allow him to enter your heart. Can you understand that? Question. Yes, but often it is so difficult to see the will of God. I would very much like to follow it, but I don't know which way to go. Answer. This is one example of what you should attain through the contact with the spirit world. Whoever wants to use this contact for the purpose of getting to know the will of God will certainly get a response. To him who knocks, the door will be opened. Whoever is determined to do the will of God will get the answer. But you always keep a little back door open as an escape route, a reservation. You are ready But, at the same time, you are also anxious that God might demand something unpleasant from you. This is going only halfway toward Him, exactly what I talked about in our last session. To go all the way to Him means, Your will be done, God, even if it is unpleasant for me even if I cannot yet comprehend it. Because you are justice and love. That is clear. That is the only ground I can stand on, my only fixed point. I do not know any other. Of course, such thoughts have to be nourished so that they penetrate the feelings they have to be formulated again and again. Thought forms have to be built and rebuilt. With time, they will affect the feelings. Whoever has this attitude and asks for the will of God without reservations and without keeping an open back door will get the answer every time. Do you understand? Answer. Yes, I understand. Question. How about the connection between the material and the spiritual? God and mammon. What is the right integration of the two? Answer. Again, with money, it is as with all other things. The principle is the same. When money is used as a means to an end, not a goal in itself, then the integration is right. When a person consciously determines not to be bound to matter by money, but to use it like all the other gifts of God, such as health or any talent, in a spirit of gratefulness to use the freedom from worries that money can provide to intensify his or her spiritual development, then the integration is just right. This is very difficult for many people. It seems easier to take the way to God when they are in a crisis, while the freedom from worries would make them deviate from the spiritual path. This, however, does not mean that it is necessary for the person who has material goods to give them away, so as not to be burdened by possessions. You can enjoy wealth when you conquer the temptation that money, more than anything else, brings. It would be fanatical to say that a person has to give everything away And live in poverty so as to ascend spiritually. Such a task may sometimes be demanded from a person, but this is an exception. For instance, that person might be required to set an example to others, to those who say that it is no great feat to develop spiritually if one does not have material worries. But when one worries about the daily bread, it is impossible to occupy oneself with such questions. It also happens that a very developed spirit is entrusted with this special mission during his or her earth life. If that is so, he or she will be led to it in meditation. But more often than not, a person whose life is marked with an absence of material cares is tested to prove that he or she will follow the way of God in spite of the temptation and is not captured by the spirit that rules the world of matter. One cannot set up a generally valid rule for establishing the right middle ground everything depends on the character. If a person leans toward greed, the right integration needs to proceed differently from another type who spends carelessly. Everyone must find his or her own middle ground, and you will certainly find yours on this path. Question. In other words, For those who strive spiritually, poverty is not a necessary condition, although this is assumed in many philosophies. Answer. In no way does it have to be so, although it is possible in individual cases. When different philosophies establish this as a general principle they do so because, again and again, it turns out that people fail to handle money rightly and find the path easier when they are poor. What is left out of consideration here is that all entities must, in the cycle of their incarnations, prove themselves capable of standing fast under any circumstances question. I perceive a great conflict in what the Bible says, which is that God created man in his own image, and also gave him dominion over the earth. If I have been given dominion over the earth, I must also possess dominion over myself, my health, and everything. Consequently, I am capable to begin with myself first and then obtain rulership over the earth. I should be capable, since I am created in the image of God, to create whatever I want. But then it is no longer God's will. Answer On this path you will come to know the will of God, and you will come to will the same. Question. Through the attempt to establish the connection to God? Answer. Yes, on the path of perfection, you must develop the connection to God's world. It will become ever more solid. Your recognitions will increase steadily. You will come to know God's will, not only through what a spirit might tell you, but also through your own insights, through your own growth. Your spirit will become increasingly lighter, stronger, more aware. Your spiritual core develops, breaks open the husks, the crusts that surround your inner perfection, and thus knows what the will of God is, not wanting anything else question, but this is a long way. Answer, it is the same path I speak about and which all of you can follow. It means only happiness, ever greater happiness, ever greater liberation of all bonds, be they earthly, psychic, or spiritual. My dear ones, I have given you enough for today. Think about what I have said. Go on in peace on this path. May the blessing of God flow through you, shine through you, and enable you to progress farther and farther and attain more and more happiness and joy. The blessing reaches to all my friends, near and far. Be with God. This has been a reading of Pathwork Lecture Number 8. For more information about other Pathwork materials and programs, please visit the International Pathwork Foundation website at www dot